boss. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate your time in the uh, in the jungle gym at the moment, which is actually your kitchen. Yep. <laughs> so I got my my gym behind me. Amazing, mate. Something that uh, really caught my eye with yourself is the exploration of oneself through human movement, right? And trying to uh, uncover the layers of of the mind through through moving around. And that's something that I'm super fascinated in, right? Because th- when people mm-hmm. embark on this journey of of fitness, of moving, of let's just kind of act in a certain way and express in a physical manner, they learn so much about themselves, right? And with the stuff that, that you end up doing, I'm always like, wow, what have, what have you learned? So first of all, like, what have you learned? And second of all, why did you get into this? It's, so, it's cool. uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so it's definitely been a long journey. Um, I kind of started gymnastics when I was four. Um, my big sister was in gymnastics and I wanted to be like her. My parents were like, no, we're going to wait till she's five. And I just started doing stuff around the house and they were like, fine, fine, fine. We'll put you in. Um, so that's kind of where my movement journey, I guess, started. And then I continued that through high school and then actually competed gymnastics in college and then i was always interested in how the human body moved so um after i learned when i took calculus i was like nope don't want to do engineering (laughs) Um, too much math and so i said i would never take a math again and i was like okay i need to figure out what else i'm going to do so um physical therapy kind of blended the passion that i had for movement and the interest that i had in the human body and just wanting to dive deeper into that um so that's kind of why i went into physical therapy and i ended up getting my doctor of physical therapy and then did an orthopedic residency after that so i've learned a lot about the human body and about what it can do and things like that. Um, But then through my own journey, I've learned a lot about myself um, going from gymnastics, from retiring to gymnastics, then um, training a little bit for like a ninja warrior and adding some hand balancing in there and all these different styles of movement that I've kind of combined. Um, And then so you're just like learning all about the body about the movement and then also about yourself as well so it's it's been an interesting uh and long journey for sure yeah it's a beautiful combination right because that's usually Mm -hmm. that's usually the way people go about it right they they go Mm -hmm. into this thing to learn some some physicality you know to improve their health to improve their fitness their performance or whatever it is they want something physical right and then they end up finding something uh, mental Mm -hmm. you're like as a coach we're kind of looking at it from the from the outside and be like yeah I know step three is going to be a bit of an epiphany moment you know Mm -hmm. for this individual this athlete and it's it's going to be quite quite um awesome to watch you know and then for us to go through it as well like it still slaps us in the face every time of like oh god I should have known this was coming up but Mm -hmm. now I've had this penny drop moment where I'm like oh maybe I should have acted in a certain way and it, it really does start asking the questions of mental and physical health. Are they connected? Yes or no? I'm going to say yes, because I friggin' went for the whole po- uh, podcast on this thing, you know? I would probably also say yes. Although, like, there is actually, I think there's research showing, um, like, going on walks and things like that can help with depression. Don't quote me on that. That's a little out of my expertise is definitely more movement related and not the mental health. Um, but... I'm pretty sure there's actually research on that. Um, So I would argue as well that yes, it does. Um, And like, even with myself, like you release endorphins when you're training and that helps mood. 
and things like that. So, I mean, definitely, I would say, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like we're like we already have the answers, right? And mm -hmm. unlocking something like a physical ability to be able to do, whether it's lifting a load or moving in a range of motion or holding something, we mm -hmm. we unlock that potential within our mind and our body. And it's this weird combination where we then interact with everyday life in a social setting or a mm -hmm. sophisticated setting, I should say. You know, and yeah, it's and like we know we learn a lot more, right? Yeah. And it's really interesting too. Um, like you have the stuff that you do in the gym, but then it also allows you to do things in your life that may be more valuable to you. Um, like I remember a couple of years ago, there was a super, like, um, there's a super emotional, I guess, commercial. I forget what the commercial was actually for, but it was pretty much this grandpa who dragged out a really heavy kettlebell from their garage. Uh, and it was like the whole, I don't know if have you seen this one? Yeah. Reebok uh, so, yeah. So yeah. it was like the lifting and it was literally like lifting it up to your chest and then reaching out in front. And then at the very end, it shows him lifting the granddaughter to put the star on the Christmas tree. And it, so it, that was very important. And literally everyone in his life was thinking like, this dude is crazy trying to lift this massive kettlebell, but then he was able to lift his grandchild up. And that was what was important to him in his life. And that's what gave him joy. And so the training that you do can definitely relate to your life and what your life like the meaning that you give your life i guess a hundred percent you know you you are able to find those little things that light you up a lot more in the physical sense rather than we can mm -hmm. just sit down and tell stories which is unbelievable and i'm a massive advocate and we need to do more of it around the campfire you know just talking mm -hmm. shit but we'd still need to be able to interact physically and this is this is why i love crossfit right because i think it's kind of the foundation and then it bridges off into these other niche little areas, which are now getting more spotlight of gymnastics, weightlifting, now a little bit more strongman, now just movement-based calisthenic stuff. And people are like, oh, so I don't have to just go to the gym and smash myself in the face. You're like, no, dude, how do you want to work out? Like, do you like this CrossFit thing? No. Okay, don't do it. Go do something else. You know, do you like this spin class thing? No. Okay, go do, go do something else. You know, you might want to, just do animalistic style movement based on your hands. Fantastic. Go figure that out. You know, mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be coaching it. You know, you're going to have yeah. a mentor in that space. And this is where I think our industry is, is so cool because we got this umbrella thing of health and fitness, right? That we're mm -hmm. kind of, we're kind of all trying to go towards, but we do it in different ways. And I yeah, think definitely. that fact is so fucking cool. You know, we're doing it in different ways. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, so we can we can do this with, with not without a barbell. You're like, yes. You're like, oh, oh, this is yeah. cool. There are so many different ways, and depending on your goals and your preferences, I mean, there's just the options are unlimited, and as long as you have the foundations of like the movement, the body, the knowledge of like the nutrition and the training, you can create amazing results with a ton of different methods mm -hmm. so it's just knowing that basis and knowing how to apply it and then applying it based on the person that's in front of you or your own goals um but there's so many different options based on your preferences yeah it's staying curious right of, of trying new things you know you might like what you're doing right now but you might love something else you know mm -hmm. stay curious try it out you know yeah. try pilates or yoga or aqua aerobics or something 
you know, yeah. or try just going in the gym and you're only working on handstands. You know, mm. I love bringing in uh, warm-ups that last 20, 30 minutes and they're literally just stack holding on their hands, whether it's against the wall or not. And you look at people's faces, they're like, I'm fucked. You're like, yeah, dude, like this stuff is hard. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, the basics are super important and can definitely get you sometimes, especially if you're, you haven't done them in a while. For so. sure. And like, especially when we're not as efficient as somebody like yourself, right? You know, we're just going to be burning through that energy store and we come down and face is all red, you're sweating. You know, it's like, yeah. well, was that good? You're like, well, it wasn't pretty, but you were upside down. So congrats. Hey, we all start somewhere. So that's what matters. <laughs> so. As long as you're trying your best, we can work with that. We just chalk it down to having heavy legs, right? And you're like, ah, that's not necessarily the case, but okay, sure. Yeah. I'll give you that out. So do you coach people online or is it we mm -hmm. always bring it in person uh, online? So it's, it's, I coach people online. I treat physical or I am a physical therapist in person, but I'm an online coach. Um, so that's kind of how I determine the in-person versus online. So. Mm, and then blending the two together or is it purely just it's um it's separate so, oh wicked. yeah what's the uh common cause of injury and like the most um most common injury when they come in for a little bit of pt um a lot of times it's typically like neck back um is really the main thing um yeah. but i mean like we see a lot of car accidents we see a lot of um chronic injuries um where someone did something years ago, it could be potentially like, there's so many different things that people come in um, for, and it really depends as well where you work too. Um, so depending on where you work, the population that you see, you're gonna see different things too. So like um, I've worked in three clinics so far, one had like more um, MBAs or car accidents. Another place had a lot more gait and balance because it was more elderly individuals. Um, so, and then you get like a mix, you have some like, workers comp injuries um you have again mvas you have like high school athletes um, you kind of have a wide mix of a ton of different things so. here's a here's a question because i get a lot of um people coming in with like oh no it's fine it was an old injury and it just flared up or something right and it takes them out of of working out for a while so how do we attack that mentality of pain is now normal because i've been been feeling it for a long period of time rather so, than pain is a signal how would you go about that as a pt uh pain is common but it's not normal um and the experience of pain um does not necessarily mean there's tissue damage so pain is a signal that and it is actual or potential tissue damage so the or potential tissue damage is um an important distinction because you can have pain without an actual tissue injury and a lot of people think oh i'm in pain the tissue injury has occurred so you think about like you put your hand on like a hot object you get your hand away as possible to not burn yourself right or so it's that same thing so it might be saying something but then you also have um there's a really good analogy about um do you guys i'm assuming you guys have like ring doorbells around you guys yeah. <laughs> okay so you can change the sensor on those ring doorbells because you might get an alert on your phone like with the uh like a leaf blowing by or you might get it like if someone's actually knocking on your door right so that's if you think about the pain signal that your body's giving you um someone might be super sensitized 
and it might be sending a pain signal with a leaf blowing by for the doorbell, right? Um, versus someone who's actually knocking on your door, that might be like, hey, you're getting close to tissue injury, you might wanna back off. And that might be the appropriate response of that pain signal, yeah. whereas someone system might be sensitized. So that's where like the whole pain science things come into play too. Um, so that's where a lot more with chronic injuries, um, where you have a little bit more sensitized system as well. How would you go about dissecting to figure out where an individual is, right? Because we're not going to know until we actually get inside of it, which isn't going to happen. So we have to be able to converse, right? And figure that out. So it's really taking a look at how someone is moving and breaking things down. So um, you can tell a lot um, from like a squat, for example, um, you might be able to tell like, are they shifting from one side to the other? Is that more so because habit, because they never really relearned what actual e even weight bearing is um, after an old injury? Or is it because they're still lacking mobility in like their knee, their hip, their ankle or something like that? Or is it a strength thing? And because that side is weaker, you're having the other side compensate. So then breaking that down and then figuring out, like actually looking at each individual thing that you're thinking might be happening. And then you can address those things and build it back up. Mm. So that's kind of where I would start. So it's really just taking a look at how you're moving and then going from there. And then through that, you can learn more about your body um, and you can load those tissues appropriately because the load um, management is really important throughout that too. Mm, I love I love taking the practical approach, you know, kind of tiring it with a brush of movement is medicine at the end of the day, but it's also mm -hmm. a great indication for for us initially as coaches to then refer on and be like, yo, boss, like something's going on here. Like you're probably going to want to look at this with a with a better trained eye than just knees out, chest up, you know, mm -hmm. um, and being able to liaison, liaison between the two, I think is really, really cool, you know, because kind of contact time, you know, trainer in a commercial gym or an instructor in a studio or a, a coach within a CrossFit gym or whatever gym, powerlifting gym, whatever, are going to have the amount, a maximum amount of time, right? And then we need to be able to funnel it off into, into you guys and be like, okay, this is what we see. This is what we see in this scenario. This is what we see in that scenario. So then you can load that toolbox and you guys have got the expertise, right? And a little bit more of a referral-based system to understand this individual and then get them back on their feet figuratively mm -hmm. and literally speaking as quick as possible. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because like, um, depending on your own biases and things like that, you might see one thing and then another person might see another thing. Yeah. Um, and then depending on like the fatigue of the individual too. So like maybe you're seeing something later on in their workout and we like do that movement analysis and they're a little bit more fresh. Um, so seeing how that changes depending on the environment, depending on the fatigue levels and things like that can also tease things out too. Mm. So for sure. And it's just this, synergistic approach to just help mm -hmm. folk right yeah. yeah you know we all got jobs for a reason they they kind of work mm -hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> you know it's a it's a real weird industry though isn't it? it's um notoriously speaking we like to shoot each other in the foot you know or it's like i oh, don't don't do f45 that's rubbish you're like what well, does an individual like f45 and are they benefit from it if those two answers are yes then let them do it you know, can they afford there it yet? There are definitely pros and cons to a lot of different things. Um, and yes, your um, 
and each individual thing has an inherent risk. So it's depending on where that individual is at and if they can tolerate it at that point in time. So depending on the activity, whether it's like a super high volume activity, but if you're starting from nothing, that's going to increase your risk yeah. at that point in time. So you can potentially build up to that um, and be smart about it, but you can definitely choose the, or potentially scale that down a little bit. Um, but depending on where you are currently at, that's going to dictate what your options are um, and being smart about it. And it's really the being smart about it. That's important. A hundred percent. You know, that's what I think coaches as an individual need to take a lot more accountability, you know, whether it's, um, you know, zero to 60 minutes, this, this athlete is in your care. You know, you got duty of care for these people, whether there is one person there or whether it's fucking 50. You know, you got duty of care for them all. And if something is programmed on the board, don't just hand them that grenade and take the pin out and be like, peace out. Like, no, 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 no. If you see that this is their first class, okay, cool. They go in empty bar. They go in less weight. They're going even, you know, training bar or whatever. They're going half reps. You know, it, yeah. it, it really don't matter. They're in, they're working hard. They're going to get a sweat on. They're going to look at you and be like, that was great. Because most of the time they have no idea what they're doing anyway. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's like, don't just, okay, you're going to do a five by five on deadlifts. And then we're going to do wall balls with 150 reps. And then you're going to run outside. And it's like, dude, like this person sits at a desk all day and hasn't moved since high school. You know, it's probably not the smartest of ideas for them to do all that volume within 60 minutes. You know, mm -hmm. are you going to see this folk again? Probably not because he's going to be trashed. Yeah. And then it's also taking the other extreme too. So you have people that like don't do anything and then jump right in. But then you have people who might look like they don't like lift a whole lot or don't have that capacity, but over time that they can. So like a lot of people with older individuals will refrain from loading them appropriately because their age when that's not necessarily what's best for them you have older individuals working out and working out hard and lifting a lot of weight so they can continue to do things and they've worked up to that yes but that doesn't mean age is the thing that's determining your load i guess mm. so that's a really either, right? point yeah that's mm. a really great point you know, like progressive overall is, is still there, right? It's still a principle that applies and it might need to be a little slower and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I get absolutely smashed up in a car and I'm not moving for six months, my progressive overall has to be slower anyway. You know, it's not going to be like, okay, I'm going to add an extra five kilos or, you know, five pounds here or something like that. No, 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 bro. Like, let's just start with one more rep, yeah? You know, it's yeah. uh, real slow and like, that's okay. You know, taking a lifelong longevity approach so we can get more people and retain more people right because we mm. do a really good job of of nailing people you know which is fantastic and then they have a real bad kind of perception on this this fitness thing this expression through a physical sense and you're like oh damn like we've pretty much lost this person until they have a mindset shift and want to try something different you know and that's mm. that's not fair that's that's a that's on us. Yeah. And then also like thinking a lot of people think like fitness thing is linear as well, where yeah. you're going to have different parts of your life where you might be able to do more, you might be able to do less and that's completely okay. And just going with it and adapting your fitness routine and what you're doing accordingly. So like, let's say you might have an injury with your like upper body 
and, but you still can potentially train your lower body at a different intensity, maybe like switch it up a little bit. Maybe you're using more machines at that point just so you can do something, um, but you're still kind of doing that. And then you have to build your upper body back up. Um, and then you might be coming back stronger. You might be modifying for longer than you think. And it's gonna be ups and downs and ups and downs throughout the whole entire lifespan, but you're still able to do something, right? Mm. Um, and that's going to then allow you to live the life that you want um, outside of fitness as well. So the ups and downs are a reality that a lot of people don't want to accept, I guess. Um, but everyone has those ups and downs and not necessarily comparing the high to the low. You're going to, you're going to get back up there. You're going to kind of keep going, but the overall trend is going to be in one direction. Sure. And we don't have to practice the skill to get better at the skill. You know, my gramps used to say, like, if you continuously beat the drum, uh, the lever will become taut and eventually break. We need to learn different skills to be better at beating the drum, you know? And um, I, I didn't have a fucking clue what he was talking about as a kid, right? But then you look mm -hmm. back at it, you're like, oh, so there's more things to learn out there, which then we can apply in something else, right? You know, you might mm -hmm. go, I don't know, paint or something, and you learn a little bit more of an artistic flair, and it helps you in your gymnastics. You might go run, and it helps you with a little bit of mental resilience or whatever it is, the cadence of your stride. Like there's, there's so many things out there that we can learn and then apply in a different context and it still applies. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I see it all the time, especially with uh, the powerlifting movements, you know, SBD or the weightlifting movements. A little bit less because you can't snatch and clean and jerk all the time. Your joints scream at you, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but but they, the, the same thing applies, you know. They're like, oh, no, no, I got to do it. Like, well, okay, that's why we have like variations of the same lifts you know mm -hmm. that's why we vary the load because you can't go 80 percent and more every single day because that's just not going to work mate you know and then okay well what else can you do like what are the best uh weightlifters in the world like well they're pretty explosive okay so their athleticism is pretty high so they train that okay they're pretty good at gymnastics okay great so then they train that as in, as in not gymnastics, gymnastics, as in they're pretty good with their body weight. You're just thinking, <laughs> no, they're not good, guy, dude. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're using multiple different disciplinaries here, you know, mediums, and that is that is the point. That's what we're supposed to be doing, you know, mm -hmm. exposing ourselves to a wide range of, of stimuli, right? And it's kind of interesting because, like, with certain skills, there's a ton of different things that contribute to that skill. But then you also have to consider in order for your body to be moving optimally, you have to have some sort of like movement diet, right? So like, if you think about your nutritional diet, you have, you want to get a ton of different, like, re or you want to get your food from a ton of different places. So like greens and like starchy veggies, and then you want to get your protein and all of this stuff, you want to get a ton of different things. Same thing with your diet or your movement diet. Um, like, let's say for like Olympic lifting, it's more forward and back motion. You don't get a lot of side to side motion, but in order to develop that force, you have to do some side to side training. So that's part of your movement diet. You're getting the nutrients, I guess, um, for, or the movements from different areas. Um, and same thing with like mobility training and all of this stuff, all of those things are going to help to build you when they're programmed appropriately to reach your goals even if you're not specifically doing that thing.
hundred percent, and it's it's quite entertaining watching watching athletes in the flesh or even online. It'll be the same thing, you know. They, there's a little bit of complaints, you know, at the start, and you're like, just just give it a go, mate. And they're like, oh, a week, two weeks down the line, they're still a little weird about it. You're like, fuck's sake, just give it a go, can you please? And over and, time, they see the the benefit, right, and they end up getting that curve mm-hmm. a little bit upwards. And partly it's a little bit of give and take on like the coach's part as well, because you have to meet the client or person or athlete where they're at, Mm -hmm. um, because they might not be ready to say like, I'm going to be doing a ton of different things, right? They like their thing. Maybe we, you know, sprinkle in a little bit of something and then say, oh, like, you know, that wasn't bad. And then you kind of sprinkle in a little bit more and you know what they need, but it's more like, getting them to kind of understand as well and buy into that because you can't necessarily dump everything on them at once because then it might be a little bit too much right and they might just be like nope i'm out um so it's it's definitely a balance between the two yeah jimmy down the street lets me do what i want all the time i'm just gonna go pay him you know it's gonna be a bit more of a pleasant experience and um yeah coaching is such a beautiful art form right it's providing them what they want in the short term whilst pushing them towards what they need in the long term you know mm-hmm. and we do that by spotting little things yep. you know it's uh it's quite funny everyone comes into the gym and they might have i don't know dyed their hair or had a little haircut or changed the way they they stride around the gym or something like that the energy changes and i'll always notice and they'll be like how did you notice that i was like dude my job is to spot little things like I noticed that little valgus knee going in from the other side of the room. Like that's my fucking job, dude. So my job is to notice whether you dyed your hair purple or not, mate. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. It's like you go to PT school and then you can never watch watch someone walk in the same way that you previously did. Like you will be analyzing their gait pattern, yeah. whether they're walking or running or anything. You just observe. Yep. You can switch you it off, right? Nope, you can't switch it off. And you're just like, oh, no, I can't. I can't watch this person anymore, especially if they drop something and bend down to pick it up. You're like, no, no, sorry. I'm going to have to go in the other direction. Otherwise, I'm going to I'm going to teach this person how to deadlift. And it, oh, it's yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be embarrassing for the people I'm with. Yeah. But it's cool, like human movement. And it's fascinating. It's something that we all take for granted, right? Because we are born into a body. We think we know what's best for it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd like to think that was the case, but that's why people go to skill for it, you know, yeah. and uh, learn a lot of things. And it's um, it's a real it's a real weird thing. Mm-hmm. And there are just so many factors that go into just basic human movement that mm-hmm. you don't think about. Um, and it's just very fascinating, whether it's like the flexibility side of things, the joint mobility, the, you know, the strength, the control, and then like you have the nerves as well. And it's just like so many different things that just work together to allow us to move. It's, it's just very fascinating is all. So. Hell yeah. It's, it's a gift that keeps on giving, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as a new study comes out, there's 50 disproving it, 51 proving it. And you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. Like, what are we going with here guys? everyone's got a different opinion here and they're all kind of working, you know? And you're like, I like, I love the, um, I love the fact of we need the people in the, in the labs figuring this thing out, the smart, the intellectuals, as I like to call them, 
you know, those nerds with the glasses figuring it out. We need those peeps. But we also need the people on the on the floor figuring it out in real time because then we can report back to the uh the lab and be like, we saw something different. They're like, oh shit, okay, let's uh let's go back to the drawing board. It was like, well, that one was correct, that one was not. You know, and it's this it's this beautiful blend of theor theory and practical. And I think that's why I got addicted to it in the first place. That's why yeah. I'm still addicted to it now. You know, you can talk to people who chose a different route and went down the theoretical path or more mm -hmm. of a theoretical path and it lights you up and you can choose a different route and you go down the, the strength coach scene or someone who teaches high school PE, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, this is, and you add in the social aspect, you add in the the growth aspect, the mental aspect, you're like, this is crazy. So mm -hmm. much to learn. There's definitely so much to learn. And you saying that kind of just remind me like the pillars of like evidence-based practices, essentially the research combined with your own experience, combined with the client or patient preferences, right? So it's the combination of those three things that help you get the best outcomes because all of those three, three things are important. Mm -hmm. um, so. Mm -hmm. What are those three pillars again? Um, so it's the current research, yeah. the client um or patient um like preferences yeah. and then the third one is your own experience as a clinician or therapist etc mm. so that's beautiful i think we can all take that out of this context and apply it mm -hmm. in everything you know yep. inside outside the fitness industry it don't matter right that's that's mm -hmm. cool dude i got three questions okay What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Do your best at, with what you have at that point in time, and that's all you can ask for you, from yourself. Mm. Mm. I like that a lot. I think one of my parents said that when I was growing up. <laughs> I like that a lot. I usually... I usually think over these bad boys for at least two weeks afterwards. You know, I'm one of those crazy people that will wake up in the middle of the night and be like, holy shit. Like, that was a really good thing. You're like, go back to bed, man. You're like, but no, these that's that's cool. Presence. Being present mm -hmm. moment. You know, it's yeah. uh it's something that a lot of people need to learn. Definitely. Something that a lot of people need to learn, you know, and don't um judge your past self for not knowing something that you know now mm -hmm. you know because you hadn't gone through that experience yet you weren't supposed to know yep. whatever you believe whether you're bloody some sort of religious some sort of hippy dippy or kind of somewhere in between it doesn't matter we believe in some sort of faith i.e something beyond ourselves you know and that we do have in common what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely ignored good advice. <laughs> um, sorry, I don't. 
I feel like there is something along the lines of like, it was pretty much implying to do something because other people were doing it, although that was not what was best for me. Um, so I probably, I definitely ignored that advice. Um, and I am glad that I did, but it was pretty much just like, oh, you wouldn't do it like even if everyone else was and I was like no I feel that strongly that I do not want to do that um so I'd probably say that would be it's less insightful I guess but um, that's the one that I can think of at this point yeah it's funny right like we're told be yourself do all this type nonsense mm -hmm. and then it's like no no why aren't you going to school like everybody else or why aren't you dressing in whatever like everybody mm -hmm. else you're like what are you trying to tell me here, mate? Like you're telling me exactly. left and right. Like, where do you want me to stand? Exactly. You know, no wonder kids are so confused. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like, I'm right there with you, mate. I'm still confused. Like, yep. I don't know what's going on. I don't yeah, know what to tell we're you. We're all what. just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And nobody has a fucking clue. Nope. Nope. You Not act like all. you know what you're doing. You're probably a good actor and need to yeah, go to Everyone's Hollywood just faking it. <laughs> Yeah, you hear it first, folks. All right. Um, last question. What are the three words you tell your younger self? Hmm. It's the three words that are getting me. I'm trying to think of. I mean, this one's kind of cliche, cliche, I guess, but like believe in yourself or something along those lines. Um, potentially trust your gut, mm. something like that. Mm. I know, I know we hear that a lot, but it's still hard hitting. Yeah. You know, how many times have you had a good feeling you went away from it and uh, life kind of proved you wrong for going away from it? You yeah. know, you're like, oh, okay, maybe I need to listen to it for the 37th time. Yeah. Luckily, I think I learned pretty quick to listen to my gut after a little bit, but definitely was a little bit of a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. You know you know the right mm -hmm. people to stay around. You know the the room that you're not supposed to be in you know, the path that's a little off and then, you know, the path that you should be on, you know, you know, and you only know that from trying shit. Um, so try different things, listen to your gut. And Laura, this has been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking shop, geeking out and we can do it again whenever you want. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you. You have a great rest of the day. You too. Bye everybody. <laughs>